first thing in the morning. It's first thing on WJR. Here's Mike Parsons and Renee Vitale. Oh, uh, we are so close. So flipping are, close. Oh, man. And uh, I don't know if anyone else has checked out, but we're not yet. We will do that later in the show, though. <laughs> Halfway through. <laughs> but we were talking right around the 5.30 a.m. hour checkout. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, uh, you know, hopefully, um, uh, you know, you get to leave the office a little bit early today. Maybe you're off and you love this show so much that you get up at 5 a.m. even if you're not driving to work. Something but, uh, tells me that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Right. That's, that's me yelling into the void this morning. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I have a feeling uh, if you are going to work, you're probably, hopefully, uh, uh, you know, you uh, get to get to check out as well. Maybe you have a, a, a Christmas party and maybe you get to leave by 2 o'clock. But, yeah. Um, uh, we were hoping last night for Thursday night football, Matthew Stafford would help us out by losing and helping the Detroit Lions clinch a playoff spot. But it looks like the Lions are going to have to earn it on Sunday. One of the very the few times that we uh, don't root for Matt Stafford, right? Yeah, that and uh, if if we beat him in the playoffs. Well, of course. Yeah. And, and honestly, if we were to meet the Rams in the playoffs, I'd actually be rooting more for Jared Goff because I feel like Jared Goff got a got a raw deal and I think he was kind of tossed aside by the Rams. So I'd be I'd be more happy for Jared Goff getting revenge on his old team than being Matthew Stafford. Because you're right, Renee. I mean, um, Matthew Stafford, he gave it his all here in town. Everyone was happy when he left. And I gotta say, Jared Goff has been playing so well, and, and I feel like he is so kind of entrenched and and he's kind of so much the the face of the franchise and and the new grit lions mm-hmm. that i don't even think people are wondering what if you know what coach <laughs> even this morning i'm somewhat fired up but that still doesn't get me i know super fired. i was just gonna say i i didn't feel no, it coach <laughs> makes me want to take a nap now <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm tired. It was a little background noise this morning, Coach. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll revisit tired, that coach. in the new year. But, I mean, Jason, do you kind of – are you kind of surprised? Do you kind of feel like, um, you know, there really isn't this feeling of what might have been if Matthew Stafford would have stayed on with Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes? Because it, feel, it feels like we've got our guy with golf. Yeah, and it's surprising, too, because – if you recall, you know, yep. Jared Goff was going to be a stopgap until they drafted or got another quarterback in here because he was so cast aside by the Rams and uh, and and LeVay. And you didn't think he would produce like this here. And he's just he he's had a career resurgence. So and it, it helps the Lions franchise, too, because now they don't have to, you know, rush to get a new quarterback. He's right. going to be the guy. Right, and so we can we, we've been able to um, spend our draft picks, our draft capital on building the rest of the the team. And really, Jared Goff had one down year. Uh, other than that, he's been a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. I, I'd say a down year and a half. Well, a lot of the um, a lot of the you know he won a Super Bowl with the Rams, but a lot of people say you know he had well, he made he, it. He, he didn't. Did they he didn't win quite, that? No, I, I think 
No, they didn't. Um, no, I'm sorry. Did. Yeah. But he uh, he had Todd Gurley in the backfield, so he mostly handed right. it off to him, and so right. he got the the rep for not be just being a game manager this year, especially. He's an MVP candidate, right? So, um, yeah, they're gonna earn it on Christmas Eve. Santa Campbell and uh, mm-hmm. his his <laughs> nine tiny reindeer <laughs> or eight tiny reindeer gonna <laughs> d- deliver us a. Um, uh, a division title, but I'm very conflicted the- because I can't wear my my Christmas ugly sweater. I have to wear the that shirt. I got to wear the shirt that they wear that I wear when they win. Oh, you have a lucky shirt. Yeah. Oh, you weren't part of this. This was on Saturday. I was talking about it with Cam. Yes, I have a a shirt that I wear that uh, the Lions have not lost since I wore it. So. Oh yeah, you got to keep wearing that. I know. Gotta I'm gonna have to do an outfit change halfway through the day on Christmas Eve. Right, a fit change. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll be talking about the Lions uh, in the throws of the playoffs uh, when we come back January second. Wow, I guess amazing! Let's get let's get, uh, let's get a little news in here before we uh, get on with the holiday festivities. Craig Mauger from the Detroit News he continues to be one of the best reporters in town. He published a bombshell report, and I say, and I know I've using that word a lot this week, but I can't think of a better word. Uh, about former President Trump on audio tape trying to pressure Wayne County canvassers not to certify the 2020 election. And I'm just going to read right from his article. Then President Donald Trump personally pressured two Republican members of the Wayne County Board of Canvassers not to sign the certification of the 2020 presidential election, according to recordings reviewed by the Detroit News and revealed publicly for the first time. Uh, Essentially, the Phone call involved Republican National Committee Chairwoman Ronna Romney McDaniel, um, Monica Palmer, and William Hartman, the two GOP Wayne County canvassers, told them they looked terrible if they signed the documents after they first voted in opposition and then later in the same meeting voted to approve certification. Uh, according to the recordings, they said uh, that uh, if they were able to go home without signing to do so, they'll get him attorneys, to which Donald Trump said, we'll take care of that. Mm. Uh, Palmer and Hartman, they left that meeting without signing the official statements of votes for Wayne County. The following day, they unsuccessfully attempted to rescind their votes in favor of certification, filing legal affidavits claiming that they were pressured. So um, we we knew that Donald Trump was pressuring the, the board of canvassers not to certify, but we thought it was via tweet. We didn't think he was actually calling them up and saying that uh, there was a discrepancy between the amount of votes and, and voters. And so the fact that there is a audio tape and that Donald Trump was personally involved in this is uh, is a bit of a shocking twist. Yeah. Um, oh, my. Where do we yeah. go from here? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> right, exactly. And, and I guess the question is, and I don't know if it matters, did Donald Trump really think that there was a discrepancy in the votes? And, and does that even matter? I mean, yeah. is, you know, is this, is this more fuel to the fire to the states that want to keep him off the ballot? I don't know the legalities of this, but uh, obviously he himself, um, he likes to scream about election meddling. And here he is personally meddling uh, in an election on a very, very local level. Mm-hmm. Uh the uh, Israeli army made quite a discovery the other day. Yeah, the Israeli military on Wednesday said that it uncovered a major Hamas command center in the heart of Gaza City, inflicting what it described as a serious blow to the Islamic militant group as pressure grows on Israel to scale back its devastating military offensive in the coast, uh, coastal co- 
enclave. The Army said that it had exposed the center of a vast underground network used by Hamas to move weapons, militants, and supplies throughout the Gaza Strip. Israel has said destroying the tunnels is a major objective of the offensive. The announcement came as Hamas's top leader arrived in Egypt for talks aimed at brokering a temporary ceasefire and a new deal for Hamas to swap Israeli hostages for Palestinians imprisoned by Israel. And it also looks like a uh, ceasefire deal is becoming less and less likely. Yep. Hamas has come out and said that no more hostages released until the fighting stops. So there was it, it looked like we we're going in a hopeful direction, but it looks like we've made a uh, uh, taken a couple steps back. Um, you mentioned in your traffic there, Renee, that 275 between Five Mile and Sibley Road, that's expected to reopen. It is reopened, It is right? reopened. Hooray! All right. That's right, because when you hear that fanfare, it means something uh, has reopened. Mm-hmm. Um, they will be returning in the spring. Uh, yeah. And they want to finish that project by the summer of 2024, but it'll be a nice little break. Yeah, nothing compared to what what we've been experiencing, closures, full closures, essentially. Right. It's just going to be little median work here and there. Yeah, and I travel through that area quite a bit for business, a.k.a. door dashing. And, uh, yeah, it is a pain. It's a pain in the butt. So yeah, um, I think then, it, I think they opened it because of Santa Claus. That's right. You know just what I in mean? Case, so. Right. Just in case his sleigh breaks down, they got to keep the interstates open. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Have all avenues open just in case. Look at that. He, he's, they took care of the east side and the west side. They opened up Mound. They opened up 275. Santa's good to go. <laughs> well, it's a matter of national security. I mean, if you're the country that slows <laughs> down Santa so that he can't get all the presents to all the boys and girls on time, uh, it's going to hurt international relations. That's right. That could start a war. So I think that's part of that NORAD thing where they it, right. they, they, they coordinate it uh, from the sky and then they may they identify the possible problem areas and uh-huh. then uh, you know they they address them. Uh-huh. But but here's the th- well, can Santa use that um, HOV lane on seventy five because. He's traveling by himself, but he's got all the reindeer. No, remember, they said it had to be human passengers. Oh, well. Dogs, well, well, well. reindeer do not count. Maybe an exception here. I Roll up dolls. I asked about that, too. <laughs> That's right. Well, here, okay, you know, as long as Santa, uh, he's not traveling those HOV lanes during uh, rush hour, I think he'll be okay. But uh, the Free Press, they did a... Uh, a story where they drove up and down that stretch of 75 uh, on rush hour, morning rush and afternoon rush. And what's that song you like to sing, Renee? Surprise, surprise. Right. They found out that <laughs> they found out that there were a lot of people using the carpool lane with only one passenger in the car. And of course, because there's not the demand to support an HOV lane. Oh, big shocker. Yeah. No one drives to work like they used to. And, right. and, and they're when, not enforcing it, really. Well, and here's the thing, and I know we got to hit a break, and I'm sorry, Jason, I started this right as we were supposed to go to break, but, um, I mean, the Metro Detroit area is has, has been set up so that people have their own cars. Right. And so, you know, we've we've perpetuated this culture of, of, of single commuting, uh, you know, to support the big three and all that. And all of a sudden now we want to get people to carpool where it's becoming less and less relevant, especially like you said, with work from home or hybrid schedules and, right. and people just never carpooled to begin with. So 
10 years All right. too late for that. Yeah, maybe even 20. Right. It's first thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, WJR. And hopefully you're able to coast into the holiday break. One last day, we're almost there. And uh, I, don't, I don't know, Renee, I, uh, I, I, I hope to uh, be so relaxed that I forget how to even do this on January 2nd. I'm but. pretty sure that'll happen. But mine yeah. might be because I kill too many brain cells over the break. <laughs> <laughs> right. And mine would be because I don't know how to do this in, this fir- in the first place. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of killing brain cells, Renee. Uh, starting tonight at 6 p.m., if you find that you've been overserved, you can call AAA's Tow-to-Go Sober Ride Home Program. Uh, the service, it starts tonight at 6 p.m. It goes until 6 a.m. in January 2nd, so uh, after our first show back of the new year. And it's designed to be a confidential service for people who didn't mean to get drunk, but it kind of got away from them. I hate when that the happens. Service, yeah, right. So I'll keep, I, I'm going to give you the phone number in just a second. Keep that handy. Uh, the service will take you home and tow your vehicle anywhere within 10 miles. So uh, if you're going to tie one on, don't go any further than 10 miles from home. Yeah, joking now, AAA, aside, this is a great program. It really is. Now, AAA, they do want to stress that this service is only to be used as a last resort. If there's absolutely no other ways for you to get home and cannot and this cannot be booked in advance, so they're saying call an Uber, call a Lyft first, probably because they don't want to overtax us. But if you do want to use this service, it's 855, the number two, then tow, T-O-W, and then the number two again. So it's go. It's 855-2-TOW-2-GO. Uh, so, uh, okay. Or Google that because it's kind of an awkward number, but it's a great service. And uh, it'll be easy to figure a- out while you've had a few. <laughs> yeah, do it sober before you head out to the bar. Put it in your phone. And we've said it before. I mean, especially with Uber and Lyft, there was never there was never an excuse before to drive drunk. But there's so many ways to get home. Yeah, I mean, there, there, yeah, there's 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 even less of an excuse now. And a lot of times, you know, the the bar, the bartenders, the, they'll be happy to call you a ride, whether you use this service or any of the others. They'll, they'll assist in getting you home safely. Now, my question is, do you get to ride in the tow truck? I don't know. I would imagine you'd have to. They're not going to let you ride in the back of your vehicle. Right. Have you ever have you ever ridden in a tow truck? I have not. It's kind of like an Uber where except you're in the front seat. So you feel like you have to make conversation. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. Well, you'll be drunk. So you'll probably be. You're my best friend. You're my <laughs> best friend. Thanks for coming to get me. No, I'm going to tell you, what does that button do? Can I can right. I push this one? Can I <laughs> let me let me push. Let me. Can I hit the horn? What's this button do? Oh crap! There goes my car. Right, eject. Renee's going to be be uh, being driven down Mound Road with that fresh new concrete. She hits a button and and her car just goes flying. Right. <laughs> bye bye. Yeah. So there you go. Put that in your phone and like Renee said, um, do it sober. Also, uh, it's going to be it's going to be a, a beautiful spring day this this Christmas. I know uh, it's going to feel like spring. Easter. Right. And I honestly think, and and I I have half the data here, but I kind of have a theory that we have snow more on opening day around here than we actually do on Christmas. (laughs) You may be right. Uh, And the National Weather Service, so I'll have to to do the opening day research myself, but they have looked back uh, on how much snow has been on the ground over the past 65 years. Uh, Jason, Renee, 
how many of the last 65 years do you think that we had more than one inch of snow on the ground? Hmm. I'm going to go with 25. Okay. What about you, Jace? I'll go with, uh, I'll go with 30. I will go with $1. Uh, <laughs> I was just Jason say nailed it. 30 of the last wow. 65 Christmases. Nice. Yeah. Man. Congratulations. You win nothing. I'm Yay. <laughs> you win $1. Don't let me stay here and work the rest of the day. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You get to, you get to hang out with us for the next 20 minutes. Um, meaning 35 of the last 30, of uh, uh, the last 65 Christmases have been snowless. So a gray, or green Christmas is actually more common than a white Christmas. And I've been watching some Christmas movies lately, and it's funny. Like I watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation the other day, and the weather in that movie is it is completely like middle of winter. Piles. Right, the roads are icy, yeah. and you just kind of laugh. You're like, we are so far from that. Yeah, I think you and I were talking about this yesterday, Jason. That it seems like. The last few years, January has been mild, and then mm. winter kicks in a full swing, like February yep. through mid-April. Right, yeah. w- right when the pitchers and the catchers report for, right. for baseball. Right. right. And so you get through January, you're like, ah, we only have to get through February. And then Mother Nature pops up, and she sings what, Renee? Surprise, surprise. <laughs> here's, here's snow on Easter. Yep. So, all right, well. I was uh, wanting to get to this earlier because it's the last day before Christmas and I wanted to mentally check out. But of course, the news cycle does not let us rest. Correct. But I've come up with 20 questions holiday style, uh, which I think would be fun for us to go through. Um, So getting a little late of a start on this. So we'll get to as many as we can. I guess what we'll do is we'll just uh, I'll ask you guys to pick a number. And then I'll read. Uh, these are all questions I came up with myself. Oh uh, I was doing I was doing this yesterday instead of actually working. So, uh, uh, but you know what? That sounds like a problem for January, Mike. December, Mike is ready to get holly jolly. Let's so, go. Uh, Renee, I'm gonna let you pick the first number. Pick a number between one and twenty. Uh, let's go with seven. Seven. Ooh, what is the best Christmas gift that you've ever given? Mm, that I've ever given. These uh, are some. Yeah, I these gave are some. Uh, my mind twisters. boyfriend, now husband, a trip to Cancun. All right, that's pretty good. What about you, Jace? Best I've ever given. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, I know. I'm gonna have to uh, the the gift I've been talking about that I'm giving this year uh, blew oh. me away. Uh, my friends they lost their their beloved dog uh, about a month ago. And um, I got them one of the, you know, one of those crystals with the right. face and it, it turns three different colors. And I'm just like, and, and I'm so giddy to give this gift uh, more than I can remember any other year. Because normally I do gift cards a lot. This year I was forced to shop because of a Secret Santa thing we're doing. So, And you know what? Jason uh, has been actually, I, I've been watching him um, kind of uh, um, agonize over this. And it's been very sweet. And I, I got to tell it's you, very thoughtful. Uh, yeah, whoever you give this gift to, and obviously they're not listeners, so that's great. Um, they are definitely going to cry. It, it is definitely going Aww. to be their yeah. favorite favorite gift this year and, and probably for many years. Mike, you? I would say 
uh, that probably, well, I guess you'd have to check with my wife, uh, her engagement <laughs> ring, because because I, I proposed Definitely. to her. Yes, I proposed to her um, uh, around Christmas time. I don't know how much of this. I'll tell the whole story now in case we don't get to the to the uh, question. But uh, our first year living together, um, right after we put up the Christmas tree, you know, I was thinking of when I was going to propose and everything. And and I had this whole thing like, oh, you know, she's never seen the ocean. Maybe maybe I'll take her to the ocean. I'm like, no, I'm going to lose. I'm going to lose that wedding ring on the way to the ocean. And I'm going to have to keep it secret. I said, what I'll do is when we put up our first Christmas tree in our, you, you know, a, after cohabitating together, that's when I'll pop the question. So I remember we decorated the Christmas tree. Um, she was taking pictures of the Christmas tree. So I ran and I got the ring and then I got down on one knee and I, I and it feels like it took forever for her to turn around. And I remember thinking to myself, if I get up now, she probably won't know that I've been down here on, on one knee and I can, you know, <laughs> I, I could do this later on. Cause you know, even though, you know, they're going to say, yes, you get really nervous. Aww, but, uh, Mike. She, she, she finally turned around and, uh, uh, the rest is history. I love that. Thank you. She said no, but I wore her down. No, just kidding. Just kidding. I, I tried to not pay my half the rent that week. Yeah. So, yeah, that's probably the best Christmas present I've ever given. All right. Uh, I believe it's Jason's turn to pick a number. Now it's one through 19, obviously. Uh, let's go with number nine. Number nine. Ooh. What is your least favorite Christmas song? Santa Baby. That's a strong one. I just mm -hmm. like that one. What it's, about it's, you, Renee? It's very cringe and creepy to me. All I want, yeah, for it Christmas is. It's is uh, you. Oh, oh, the Mariah Carey one. Oh, God. Yeah, I think we've all suffered through that one long enough. Suffered is correct. <laughs> well, the problem is it's a banger, but it uh, we hear it we hear it so many times in such a short amount of time. That Having worked for it. the Christmas station, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you you know what? I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you don't hate every Christmas song. Well. That's a whole other conversation, <laughs> but go on. <laughs> so, you know, I was going to make a list of Christmas songs that don't slap. Um, I, I really think that the, the two Beatles Christmas songs are underwhelming. The Paul McCartney simply having a wonderful Christmas time. I feel like that one. I feel like that one. He's like, ooh, we need to make a Christmas song and cash in on this. I'm going to just write a verse and, and a, a chorus and we'll just loop it around for four minutes. Well, they did that to themselves because they held themselves to such a high standard. They're the freaking Beatles. Right. Uh, the John Lennon Christmas song is just, it's, you know what it is? It's, it's, it's that cousin of yours who went away to college and now they've come back, uh, they've come back home and they're trying to make you feel guilty about yes. all the ills. Yeah. It, you feel terrible. Right. He's like, <laughs> This is Christmas. What have you what done? Have you done? I, hope you, I hope you've had fun. No, you didn't. No, you didn't, John Lennon. You hope none of us have fun. Let well, me eat I, my ham and get he, my socks from Aunt Carol and leave me yeah. alone. And what did that woman do to you? What did she turn you into, that Yoko? Yeah. That Yoko Ono. Uh, like, oh, more like Woko Ono. Rod, hey Rod, Rod from Plymouth. This is a good one. The hippopotamus for Christmas. Oh, that one is yes. also awful. awful. And the chipmunks. Stop. Makes my ears yeah. bleed. Uh, I do got to say, I do my the, my least favorite song is the Christmas shoe song. I absolutely oh, hate that no. song. It's all all so it's meant to do sad. is make people cry and bum them out at Christmas no. time. No, no sad Christmas song. Stop it. Yeah, only bangers only. That's right. I will yeah, take Mariah right. over those. Oh yeah, okay. Well, that's fair. All right. Well, um, 
we wow that uh, that took those first two questions. We were afraid we were going to run out of questions. I know. Now we might not get to. Uh, we might not even get to five. Well, you know what? Let's uh, take a quick break. We'll bring Guy Lloyd and Jamie into the mix, and uh, we'll we'll wrap up with these twenty holiday questions. First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, and the final segment, the final crosstalk of the year. We bring in Guy Gordon, Lloyd Jackson, Jamie Edmonds. Uh, Happy last Friday of the year, everybody. Happy Friday. What do you mean? You're you're shunning me for the rest of the year? (laughs) Uh, You know, don't call me. I'll call you. uh... It's nice nice to take a a break even from from those you love. That's right. And. And uh, we've been we, we've been playing this game called 20 questions because I'm drunk already. And I thought it'd be fun. <laughs> You're so drunk I've still gotta, from last. Yeah, night. right. From from that mold wine at Startup Nation yesterday. Oh, that was so good. Delicious. It was really tasty. Um, so and of course, um, since we're radio personalities and we're long winded, we've gotten through two questions. So. Uh, <laughs> Essentially, what happens is uh, somebody picks a, uh, a number between one and however many questions we have left, and we go around the word answering them. So okay. um, let, let's go ladies first. Jamie, go ahead and pick a number between one and 18. Seven. Seven. Oh, what is your favorite Christmas movie? And we'll start with Jamie since she picked it. Uh, gotta go Christmas Vacation. Classic. That is a classic. Uh, what about you, Guy? Oh, I'm going to show my age. I'm a Frank Capra nut. I love It's a Wonderful Life. That's, yeah, and it's got to be in black and white. Don't colorize my classics. <laughs> Wait, they've colorized that movie? I've only yes. ever seen it in black they've, and white. Yeah, no, you've got to, that, that, that movie is, it has to be dark in places, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, no. here's here's the thing. I think George Bailey. I, I don't think uh, even though his his uncle almost uh, put the savings and loan under, I still don't think that's a reason to go home and yell at your wife and kids. But uh, it all worked. <laughs> out. It all worked. Out. What about you, Lloyd? Oh, um, Lloyd is Lloyd's off. Off today. Yeah. Oh. Lloyd. Well, Mary Christmas. I, I do know his answer, actually. I do know his answer. It's The Grinch with Jim Carrey. That's right. Oh, At least it's one of his favorites because he ta- talks about it. He loves it. He fell asleep to it the other night. <laughs> he loves it. You know it. what I love? I love that that movie came out when he was an adult. It's not some It's not some <laughs> yeah. nostalgia. It's uh, Lloyd watching it as an adult. And it, it, yeah, it, he like, finds it hilarious. It yeah. What about you, Renee? Well, I was going to go with Jamie's. That is my all-time favorite, but I'll go with my next, which is uh, Elf. Oh, what about you, Jace? All right. Uh, I am definitely with Jamie. Christmas vacation, hands down, with an honorable mention for Die Hard. Uh, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Now, can I add one that you probably haven't? And I told Jamie about this one. There's a movie called The Family Stone with Diane Keaton, Craig Nelson, Rachel McAdams. It's it's a wonderful, wonderful film. Really? About it's and it is about family, and it's it's a newer one. Just so you well, don't think I'm lost in the 40s. Well, no. <laughs> well here's the thing. I mean, Jamie has and, and Renee both have have listed a couple of movies that uh, that are tied for my favorites. Hard for me to pick one. Um, obviously, Christmas Story. Um, I got sick of it for a while because it was on for 24 hours on on TBS or whatnot. But that's a classic. Um, but uh, um, I would say an underrated Christmas movie is um is uh oh, what was it christmas with the cranks with tim allen and, and jamie lee curtis that's a that's a great underrated christmas movie oh, okay okay uh, 
Uh, Guy, go ahead and pick me a number between 1 and 17. Uh, I'll go with 4. 4. Ooh, this is a heavy one. What is your all-time favorite Christmas memory, Guy? Oh, jeez. Oh, man. So many. But you know what? uh, Gail and I, our first Christmas, it was 19, Christmas 87. We'd yet to have our first child, but we were just, I mean, it was the anticipation of the greatest gift ever. Right? Oh, yeah, that's cute. And it, and plus, it's marriage. Everything's new and exciting. Yeah, yeah. We didn't. We hadn't even been together two years yet. And yeah, waiting for that first baby was just the neatest Christmas. And then he arrived right before our second anniversary. Well, my heart just grew three sizes right now. What about you, Jamie? <laughs> oh my, I don't know. It's I, a heavy I, question. I know that's a good one though. When you're waiting for a baby, that is the greatest gift. Maybe just having everyone you love around the table, and I can't pinpoint a year, but just like that feeling. But you're right, especially as you become adults and everyone moves away, you kind of take that for granted when you're a kid. Well, Um, and if you're lucky enough to have, you know, like four generations. Mm -hmm. When I had my mom and dad there with my grandkids, uh, Ah, that was just, you just go, it doesn't get any better than that. What about you, Renee? Um, watching my grandma bake a birthday cake every year for baby Jesus. Oh, my oh, God. That is so sweet. That is so sweet and so cute. I was watching two guys at St. Regis uh, putting out the nativity scene yesterday in front of it on, on Losser Road. And it was like, you know, those wise men are not light, okay? No. They, yeah. were, they were wrestling with the wise men. Yep. <laughs> well, tune in next uh, Christmas uh, when Jason and I reveal ours because we don't uh, have time. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Thanks Christmas. for a great year. And uh, stay tuned for JR Morning with Guy and uh, Jamie. And the yeah. spirit you- of Lloyd Jackson, Christmas <laughs> <Yeah>. present. <laughs>